Yo guys, welcome back to the Blue Podcast with me, Tom and Ben. How are you doing, mate? Good, thanks. And uh, we have Rick from Rick Sports on today. We, me and Ben have both featured on his channel in late. Uh, welcome to the channel, mate. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. So um, uh, gone over better, but <laughs> <laughs> so this was being recorded uh, Wednesday night, just after the United versus City semi-final game. And uh, as you can see, Rick is a United fan, and we know Ben's a City fan. And unfortunately for Rick, but more fortunately for Ben, which is, I guess, fortunately for our channel, 2-0 win for City. Uh, we'll start with Rick. I think we, we'll, go, we'll go straight into this. Might as well, whilst it's fresh in the brain. Uh, thoughts on the game? Well, I think um, I was saying before the game that I think we're really susceptible to conceding from set pieces. And I think, you know, obviously, City got their two goals from set pieces, which is disappointing because it's been a weakness all season. And it's annoying when you see the, the same thing happening game after game. But I think, you know, credit to City. City played well. I think that a few of our attacking players had quite poor games. So uh, you can't really... At least there's no contentious decisions. You, you know, you can't really complain. It's just we lost to a team that played better. There's not really much I can no. say about it. <laughs> you happy, Ben? Uh, yeah, I'm, uh, honestly, <laughs> I'm very happy. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was nice because um, it felt like <laughs> so, to it. yeah, yeah, definitely. It, it it felt like we were building to performance like that. Obviously, we played well against Chelsea. Um, we'll but, get into that as well, I'm sure. Yeah, but, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it felt like it was. Uh, um, it was, it was uh, what we've been progressing to, um, and what we've been working towards a little bit. Yeah, Sorry. I remember on, on your channel, Rick, I think when I was on the live stream, you said we were wondering which team would have it go in a good run of form uh, during this like kind of January period. And I'm pretty sure I said Man City because uh, me and Ben have spoken up quite a bit about it on the podcast that you've been building. And I mean, Ruben, Ruben Diaz today just mm -hmm. looked incredible for 23, <laughs> to be honest. And uh, yeah... I have to say I was supporting City. Obviously, I got to back my boy Ben, but uh, <laughs> also as I also really don't want Solskjaer to make it to a final because then Lampard actually has that has that over Solskjaer. So <laughs> you like, take what you can get, haven't you? I suppose. At the moment, yes, at the moment, yes. I'm sure we'll get into how bad City have been, but before that, Happy New Year to everyone. Sorry, Chelsea have been. Chelsea have been. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Happy New Year, guys. Happy New Year yeah, to everyone. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the New Year's. Special with uh, my sister and my best mate. It was good fun. Kind of, this is now the first podcast in two that we haven't actually had a drink in it, so it's um, <laughs> it's a different one. It's, uh, that's why I felt rusty. I said I felt rusty before. One. Make sure you do check out the merch. I've finally got a different hoodie this time. I've got the one with the, the blue band and the writing in the middle. It's very nice, very comfortable. It's uh, I have to say, it's actually probably one of my favourite in terms of wearing. Uh, we upload these Thursday, four pm. But New Year means improved and more content sunday this sunday we have got a brand new show coming to the to the channel two of our mates you you may have seen before which is a little hint are gonna be featuring as i guess hosts how would you describe it? just kind of like being added to the channel i guess yeah yeah like they're, they're gonna be uh like you say hosts with us on this new series basically yeah so it's uh it's gonna be premier league i guess based um 
without guests. We're going to keep the guests on the Thursdays, though, so don't worry. You keep on getting people like Rick coming on every Thursday, showing their lovely faces and uh, saying what they want. Um, but yeah, just saying, make sure you check that out on Sunday. It'll be out at some point on Sunday. I haven't decided when, but uh, it'll be good. And also check out our Twitter at the Blue Podcast One, Instagram at the Blue Podcast One. So, should we talk about how bad Chelsea have been? <laughs> yeah, I think that. Yeah, it could be a good start. Ease <laughs> <laughs> into it a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure it would ease into it. Um, where to start, shall we? I'm not. I'm just going to put it out there. I'm not Lampard out. Mm. I know a lot of people who've kind of jumped on the Lampard bandwagon of, oh, it's just been luck. He's got to this point. He's not good enough. But he's made it to a final, which is better than Solskjaer. Yes, he's not doing very well now. When 18 games unbeaten, that's not luck. I'm just throwing those things out that before we get into the City game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> where we started well for 15 minutes. And um, I think I think what's happened is so do you remember me saying it's that season? Uh, you've made some quality signings, but you may have signed too many uh-huh. at, at once. What's happened is those players, because some of those players were injured and stuff. Um, and they've come back now, haven't they? So now they're starting to play and get integrated into the squad. So now yeah, this you the gelling time is happening now. Mm. Which is why you've had a dip in form, which is difficult because obviously you want these players to play, but it's gonna inevitably mean that you're gonna have a slight dip in form because the players are gonna have to get used to each other because now the because they've only just started to play together basically, because like you say, you were saying Ziek has been injured, he came back. Um Silver can't play every game. So, yeah, uh, yeah. It's just like Rhys James. Rhys James is injured right now. Yeah, so. Chilwell got injured in the West Ham game. Pulisic was injured for a bit as well. Wasn't yeah, he? he's back properly so. now. Seems fully fit. So yeah, it's it's been very disjointed. Yeah, you have signed a lot of players though as well, and you know, it's, it, obviously they're quality players. But I think that even say from a Manchester United perspective, that most players you get from different leagues, it takes a little while to adjust to the Premier League, and the Premier League is not an easy league. You don't get so many easy games that you might for, say, in other leagues. And we've seen over the years that I think Bruno Fernandes, for me, is a, one of the kind of outliers in that he adjusted very quickly. But a lot of players we signed in the past, like um, Vidic, for example, one of the best defenders in the league. But it took him like a, at least a few months, maybe. He got signed in January alongside Evera, and it took them maybe until the summer. And the next season, we saw the best from them. So it, yeah. it's going to take time. Like if you sign seven players... That, and expect them to put them all in the first team. I was surprised by how well Chelsea started, actually, if I'm honest. Mm. Yeah, no, I completely agree. I, I mean, everyone was saying, like, this would be our transition season, as long as we get top four, which I think we we could still do. We, doing it. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm not yeah. saying... It's just because we got, we got slapped with this title contenders very quickly in the season for, for money, a period of time. Yeah. It's the amount of money, and it's like we said, you it's a transition, but you're doing it quite quickly because... Uh, that that amount of players normally it'd be over a couple of windows. Mm, yeah, for yeah. sure. And um, but to be to be fair, at the same time, uh, I said this to my dad, uh, Gundogan. He took like a season and a half to get properly in the flow of things for Man City. Would you agree with it? Uh, I would. I would. I would say uh, a few players like that. So Gundogan, uh, Mares. He mm. was his first season. He was all right, but his second season, he he really kicked on. Yeah, so I'm saying like with with Werner and Havert, Havertz, like yeah. it's probably going to take them a season to 
to really adjust to this Premier League. Yeah. So I, I'm not um, too worried. Yeah, I think I think it's I think the reason why it's sort of concern is because they're all because you have bought them all at the same time. So with Gundogan and uh, Mares, Mares was our only signing that summer. Yeah. So because you've got so many players at the same time, they're all having to adjust at the same time. Yeah, true. They're not, they're not all going to adjust at the same rates, which is why why you gotta be patient basically because they mm. will adjust. It's just. We can find expensive players. They have to be in the team, so you can't sign players that cost 70, 80 million and not play them. So they've kind of got to put a few of these players in the team, which I think maybe it's difficult to integrate that many at once. Yeah, mm. definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So, and that's what I was saying. Like, you haven't, because they, some of those players had injuries at the start of the season, you're now having to integrate them, which is why it's been proving difficult. Mm. But then there's also, I mean, I guess you could fault Lampard a little bit for this, but I don't know if it's be, he's being told he has to play these players. That's what I think, though. Like, I, th- I think he might be almost... He may not be told to play them, but he might almost feel pressured that he has yeah. to play Werner. So, so, this is, so that's the other thing. He's playing players out of position, which I don't know whether it's his fault for being like... Oh, well, well, obviously, he's going to have that pressure anyway, being, being thinking, I've got, I've got to play these players. Or... It, so is, is, is it his fault that he's been like, right, I'm going to have to just try and fit him into this 4-3-3? Or is he being told, you need to play them, doesn't matter if they don't fit your system? Like, I get, yeah, I get what you're saying. So is it, is it his fault or is it some th- something from above? But yeah. if you're saying that, he's because he's the manager, he should be looking at a different system to work with these players because it's quite obvious. He, should be, he could play, take a leaf out of United's book and play a diamond and play two up top. That probably work. I think it would work. I've, I mean, well, you know, Theo, who we had on the um, New Year special, uh, he's been saying he wants to play two up top a lot to yeah. me. And I think you mentioned it in the podcast. He wants to play almost like Giroud and Pud- uh, Werner as a front two. Yeah, yeah. So, it, so you can play, and you, then you got Abraham to come in if if you for like rotations. Yeah, bit of pace as well if, you, if Giroud's not working. That, that yeah. Diamond in midfield, you'll have Ziyech. Uh, and uh, you'll have Pulisic at the top, Ziyech Havertz, and then Kante sitting. See, it seems all right to me. I just think it sounds good on paper, doesn't it? It makes yeah. sense what's going wrong recently. That yeah. They've got the players there. So it's, I, don't, I think it's a bit, there's a bit of that as well that they're being played out position and they don't really fit that 4 3 3. So I think, in my opinion anyway, I think he should be looking at a, a May like either adjusting the plays he, he starts or adjusting the system a little bit. Yeah, no, I've, I understand what you're saying. Um, well, I think for Chelsea anyway, it's good we've got this kind of almost like an easy, well, easy period where we got Morecambe <laughs> on Sunday and then okay, Fulham okay. on Friday. I don't. I was going to say I don't think any other season you can say easy period, but this season. Any That's, team cannot, cannot say they've got an easy period. Yeah, but I'd I'd say I'd say this week we have now is actually probably the one time I could say an easy period. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, no, I mean, I mean, in like in terms of Premier League. So oh, us, Premier League, I, yeah, yeah, us after. Um, who do we have? I think actually us now after the FA Cup, hmm. we've got a pretty nice run of games. But any of the season, but this season, I can't guarantee that we're going to pick up. 
maximum points or only drop a couple of points in those games. Yeah, that's that's how all over the shop this season is with COVID and stuff. Um, I thought Liverpool would have maximum points over Christmas because they had pretty easy games, didn't they? They had had West Brom, they had um, Newcastle and Southampton. I thought Southampton, okay, maybe that could be, but to get just a couple of points from those was like really, from, I think everyone agrees on this podcast that that was great to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was so good. I can't believe, yeah, actually, let's talk about that. Uh, Liverpool losing one out to Southampton. Uh, was Ing- I'd say Ings was more of a shot than Saka's was against us. You guys agree? Yeah, Saka's, Saka's one was not. It was a... Like obviously a nice goal, but to say that was a shot is. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. quite to say that if you watch the game, see how how little creativity there was in the Liverpool team, that they almost created. There was. Endless, was a short target. I think so, and that was like a back pass that was. Like, you know, playing, you know, playing Thiago as well. He's brought in for that that purpose. But I think that I think it's it's more other areas that they're struggling with in terms of that's not giving them the platform because they don't have Van Dyke, and then Yotta is obviously a, a miss now. Yeah. So, um, and so it's it's difficult, and they didn't have that last season. They didn't have injuries. Well, they had like, pretty much a perfect record, didn't they? And like, yeah. kind of that sort of thing can really help that they had no issues. Yeah. I think when Manchester United after the break, because we had Pogba back and. We had Rashford back, and obviously we signed Fernandez. We looked like a completely different team, so the break really helped us. Yeah, because we didn't have a the biggest squad. So if you take two good players out, suddenly you, know, you were really struggling. Our bench was just players you didn't even want to bring on. I can see why we didn't make many subs till at the end because there was no one that would improve the team. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, fair enough. But, what, would you, what would you say about like I'm saying about? I think maybe you should look at adjusting. Starting lineup or adjusting the system, do you think that's thing, or do you think that the 4 3 3 is, is fine? It's just they need to get gel together a bit. Well, me, yeah, yeah, because I, I think I think that I think change of formation. I've I've said this a couple of times to my mates because yeah. I've, I've got a surprising amount of Chelsea mates, which is of obviously which attract each other. Um, yeah, I think or oh, oh, he needs to play Werner as that central striker. He wasn't any good against you, though. And to be to be fair, though, the one thing I can't like I can't fault Lampard, but this is right. He played the team that everyone wanted us to play at the start of the season, bar maybe hoping Havertz would play over Kovacic. But Kovacic Havertz hasn't played very well, so fair enough. He played Kovacic there. That was the team. That was the dream team everyone every Chelsea fan had at the start of the season. Werner up top, Pulisic and Ziyech either side of him, Mount Kante. Kovacic or Havertz, and then Chilwell, uh, Silver, Zuma, and maybe I guess probably you'd rather have Rhys James there instead of Dave, and he clearly looked very slow against you, and then Mendy in goal. Um, so I can't really fault him for that because he, he played the team that everyone wanted him to play, mm. and but it didn't think, work. Do you think the case is with Bernard that he needs like? Consistent in that in that position. Yeah, and he also when he played for uh, Leipzig, he played better off of a, another striker, Paulson. Right. So if you if you play two up top, which I'm saying we should play four four two with Kante and Mount or Kante and Kovacic, um, or Kante and Jorginho even um, playing 
He's playing two in midfield, two up top. We could just be so threatening. Mm. So, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a... I think Also, I don't watch a lot of Bundesliga, but people I know that do say that a lot of teams play a, a higher line, so it gives one an opportunity to use his pace to run in behind teams. And obviously in the Premier League, you get a lot more bus parking, say, against a team like Chelsea that you know they've got creative players. Oh, teams yeah. lower down aren't going to give you any space. And in the past, that's what we've really struggled with, yeah. on a breakdown team. So if you, if pace is one of your strong assets, like for example, like say James Rashford, Marshall, you have players that if there's no space for them to run into, it takes away one of the attributes they've got. So that's possible. There's an adaption process because of the Premier League is a bit tough as well. Mm. Yeah. What was the what was the striker that he did play? Because he play with because he, I remember watching a video about that and he plays with he played with a, another striker who was more of a target man. Paulson, i.e., Cat was a. I think um, it was Paulson. Yeah, Paulson. Yeah, the i.e. Giroud. Yeah, so, or, or either, either Giroud or Abraham. Yeah, yeah. So you would think that would work. Um, but just, he just hasn't tried it yet. I think I think this will be this week we have will be like a kind of a, a, a period of time for us to think. You'll play. You'll probably play a couple of kids against Morecambe. Might even try out a different formation. Yeah, that's like, probably that's probably the game to try out a different formation. Yeah, to be honest, might, you might try out the, like a a diamond with two up top or four four two maybe. Yeah, exactly. Like that. That's the th- these next two games are probably the two games to try something because we've then got Leicester on Tuesday. Uh, the week after the game after Fulham, not the week after Fulham, the game after Fulham. It's quite a tough one. You don't really want to lose that because, like I said, I know you want to get fourth, but there's quite a lot of teams that are possibly pulling away a bit because you kind of expect, I don't know how long United can keep this quite good run up, but you've got to say Man City are up there as probably the favourites, Liverpool as well. And there's so, not many. You know, United, let's, let's be honest, let's not put it in, in the league, United are one of the favourites to win the league. With Liverpool's bad form lately, Liverpool City, yeah, 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 yeah. I'd say Liverpool, United, City are the three that are probably going to try. Yeah, I'd say that I think last season Liverpool, and Man City were way ahead. I think we possibly, on form recently, we joined them. If we can sustain mm. it, then yeah, I think it could be like it could be a lot more exciting. At least you might have three teams in it rather. Last season, for us, it's like it's disappointing not to be in, you know to get to Christmas and be completely out of the title race is a bit strange for a Man United fan of the last sort of. Um, you know, 10 years but that was kind of the stage last season I think I'd looked earlier and we finished about 33 points behind Liverpool over the season that's ridiculous so to be level on points for them this season at this stage you know, I'd have taken like within a few points so like five points would have been a pretty big improvement mm. that is yeah that's very true I think I think being Ben mentioned it before that you kind of can't really write off United now in the league I mean they've obviously not done very well in, in cups like Champions League now the League Cup, they're out again. But they haven't conceded a goal in the League Cup till they played City, had they? Yeah. No, I think in the Champions League, I know we got knocked out, but I think because of um, the way it's seeded in terms of like we hadn't been in the Champions League regularly, I think we got quite a tough group with like the, the finalists and the semi-finalists. And bizarrely, we messed it up against you know, the team we should have beaten. But it was kind of like inconsistencies. And I think we've definitely sorted that out a bit recently. I think today... No fair play. City are like probably the best team in the league, I think, in terms of like the players they got. Mm. Well, probably, I think with how they're playing as well. I mean, when they played against us, that 30-minute period after 15 minutes into the game, you played probably some of the best football in the, the league scene this season. Mm. So, 
yeah. yeah. I think I think uh, with United, like like you say, they um, domestically they've had a good season. Um, and I said, I think I said this on the the stream yesterday. You can argue about how I mean, argue about how they were playing earlier on the season, um, but in terms of results, United have had a, a good domestic season. And then in terms of Champions League, um, obviously it's despite to go out of that. But if you look at that group at the start, you'd be thinking, oh, Europe League, that's all right. And also, the reason why it was such a disappointment is because of the way they started, because they've been. Yeah, I think it's like the, they put in two exceptional performances, which, you know, like, I think the game against PSG was you know, fantastic. And I think the problem Manchester United have had maybe is that two defenders I want to see play, like Eric Bai and Turin Zabi, is their injury record. And I was a bit, I thought Bai might get a game tonight, but. The problem is like because they're probably two defenders that should start, but they're always injured. We we have to keep having Maguire and Lindelof are probably the first choice pairing because they're the only players available a lot of the time, which they're <laughs> good enough. Yeah, no, no, yeah. I've heard you mention it before about the, like on the uh, on Rick streams. Do check out Rick streams. Uh, they are good fun. It's funny being a. Uh, I was once on there as one one Chelsea fan surrounded by five. Five United <laughs> fans, which was uh, certainly interesting, I could have to say. But um, yeah, uh, I've heard a lot of United fans on your channel and you yourself say the reason why he plays um, Maguire and uh, Lindelof so much is purely because of injuries and how yeah. consistently not injured they are. I think it's like Turin Zabi played against PSG and <laughs> he'd been injured for a whole year, I think, pretty much. And Eric Bailly... I don't think he actually managed to play more than four games without getting an injury. So it's kind of, but when he did play our last game, he was you know, really good. And you think, okay, this is great. But it's kind of, I know maybe he needs to get a bit of match fitness. I think he looked good though. So it's kind of like obviously a problem for us because you want to play defenders to build sort of an understanding. But the, the two we want to see partnering, either Lindelof or Maguire, just aren't available. So it's a bit frustrating. I was I was I was surprised that he he, he rested by you because he's the probably been the reason why your defense has been so good recently. Yeah, no, I think it was a, a bit so of a solid. strange thing. Yeah, um, but yeah, uh, it, yeah, it was a, it was a strange one because, like I say, it's the reason your defense has been so solid. Um, I think we missed Cavani actually. I think he's been the, the surprise success of our bizarre transfer window, shall I say? <laughs> but, that I think we really missed him, like him holding the ball up because he just off, he's just um I think it might have been interesting to see him play against City because I think he offers something completely different. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think it would have almost tested Diaz even more, and it probably also would have. Oh, the City keeper was tested a bit. He did make a good save in the in the first half against um, uh, Bruno, um, but yeah, it might have it might have given more yeah. the centre backs more to think about. Because it was more with when you when you play um, Bruno in that kind of deeper centre forward role, and you've got Martial and Rashford to the side, it's more the fullbacks you have to focus on Martial and Rashford, and then it, it allows Stones and Diaz just to kind of cover them, which kind of I feel like almost benefited how City defends. Yeah, yeah, I think um, another player to mention is Aguero. Is probably has a similar effect as Cavani has on United. Yeah. In terms of, they'll give him that summer extra up front, but obviously both. I mean, Aguero is available, but not fully fit, and Cavani was banned. But um, 
that'll be it. That that would be we've made it interesting, definitely. Were you surprised, Ben, today when Guardiola didn't name the same team that beat us three one? No. Really? Oh, it's called it was Guardiola in it. He never he never he never plays the same eleven. Uh, I thought I thought he might bring in Mares and Fernandinho. I think we mentioned it on the stream uh, last night. Um, but he, he played the same back four, which was which was good. Um, and uh, but yeah, I think I think it, in, in general it's kind of expected that he would tweak it slightly because um, yeah, he never plays the same squad twice. And I think he's, try, he's he's thinking I'm keeping the the opposition on the toes slightly, like just trying to. Yeah, I think it, it can sometimes be detrimentally doing that. Though. Yeah, but I mean, when it's only one or two changes, I think it was only Mars and Fernandino came in. Yeah, and it's not too bad. But it's when he's like tinkering with like four, five, six players, then it's like, meh. <laughs> fair enough. Do you think, um, Rick, United have found their formation though? What do you think they what? Do you think United have found their formation? I think so. I think that. We've been probably too defensive maybe recently against some of the top teams. I think that Man City take Manchester United a bit more seriously recently in terms of how they... But I think City, like, you know, against Chelsea and against Manchester United, they just played very well. And I think I was, I think that's probably, probably our best formation in the big games, which I think, to be honest, Fred and McTominay aren't players you really want to be in your best starting eleven. And I think Marshall had a quite a poor game, but I think um, apart from that, Cavani would probably be a starter. I think it would give us a bit more balance up front. But I think obviously, I think Manchester United is still a work in progress. Like Chelsea, I think we're just doing it over more windows because we had a few more players to move on, should we say, to get get out of the way. And then we're not quite recruiting players as quickly as we'd like. I mean. No fair play to Chelsea. They they did their transfer business so efficiently, and ours was like last minute. Where people, you're like, what on earth is going on? So, I mean, it's it, at the moment, it's kind of it's it's working to your benefit that you've not got as many players to gel in in terms of the league, isn't it? But obviously, uh, long term, it might because you've obviously got Cavani, who's thirty two, might be a bit more of a a question, but it's obviously working at the moment. I was just going to ask you, Tom, what you know, you're saying you're Lampard in, yeah. What do you think about because they were, um, they were talking, people were talking about two cool in Allegri. What do you think about those two? Tuchel has won one trophy of value in his career. I'm not counting any French trophies with PSG, just say it. I'm not. I can't. Got to, champion, got to the Champions League final with them. Yeah, with with Mbappe, Neymar, Neymar Silva. Yeah, like, if he comes into your team, no, he's no, got I'm, not, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying that he... Yeah, he you know, all these, all these summer signings. <laughs> I wouldn't say... I'm not saying he wouldn't help. I'm just saying... I want Lampard to have more time, personally. Yeah, I, think, I, think, I think they'll get him to the end of the season, at least. If, and... If I like it. I don't know. It's just tough. If Obviously, it's tough. Get, if he doesn't get top four, then I don't think. Oh yeah, no, I, I agree. I think if, if he doesn't get top four, he's gone. But well, I think that's a goal. That's a realistic goal this season. I was about to say um, that I've always thought that this season really 
wasn't going to be much in terms of for Chelsea. Like it was going to be, hopefully we get, we should get top four, maybe challenge for a, a couple of trophies. Um, but really this wasn't going to be the season to go for anything. I was always looking for next season, really. I know it's not the best mentality, but mm. if you want Chelsea to win a trophy, you've got to look for next season. And even at the start of the season, I was looking to next season. Obviously I was excited for all these new players and, all of our young players stepping up, like Rhys James' season stepped up hugely before he got injured, who I think actually has been part of us losing, has actually been Rhys James being injured. Because mm. we started losing when he f- first got his knock on his knee and then he wasn't uh, and then he wasn't available for one of the games or was like rushed and then he could have had an operation. Like I think Rhys James has been integral to how we play this season yeah. and then since he's gone, I mean, you've seen... What, what, what do you think about the possibility of Allegri? Because he seems a bit... He's sort of a tried and tested... Um, sort of in terms of the Chelsea model, because he's Italian, yeah, yeah. plays Italian style, Conte, Ancelotti. Uh, I don't want to play defensive football, though. I don't know. He doesn't play defensive football. It's, 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 it's uh, not... Fun- it's functional. Yeah. So it plays their team strengths. I think a lot of Chelsea fans are done with functional football, though. Like obviously, I think I think a Chelsea would, fan would rather would you be done with it. Would you be done with it if it gave you a title? <laughs> I don't know. That's the question. That's the question, Ben. That's the question. That's the question, Ben. You know, that's the tough question. Um, I'm gonna say what was it? Sean on on your stream, Rick often says. Uh, he was a massive fan of Pochettino, and I got to say that Spurs were playing well, but. When he left, Spurs were pretty much shambolic. They were 14th. They were playing terrible. So I don't think it was necessarily a long time. I, I was looking earlier, and I think Espanyol, he did quite well for a season. But when he left them, they were bottom of the league. So I don't think... Um, and someone joined my stream a week ago and said that he basically insisted at Spurs of getting rid of the director of football and having 100% say over the transfers. I'm not, I don't know if that's 100% accurate, but... But Mourinho wants 100% say over no, the transfers. Um, Park wanted 100% Park. control. Oh. And when he did that, the players he brought in made the team worse. They, when he left them, they weren't doing well. They were lower half of the league. So for me, I was looking at it in terms of like, you're looking at Chelsea for building for next season. I was looking at Manchester United and saying, can we improve on last season? And my argument's always been that Okay, we had a terrible start, but it got to Christmas. And last season, we were about 15 points off top four when everything started shutting down in February. This season, we're at level with Liverpool. The improvements that obviously there to see, it's a bit inconsistent, but everyone's been inconsistent. But we're playing better football in terms of like, like Ben was saying, that you all got, we've played ourselves into contention for being considered challengers because of the... They're quite impressive comeback victories, like two goals down against Southampton, who are a good team. Like Liverpool couldn't score against them. Um, comes back against West Ham. Uh, against your two teams, quite disappointing, like nil-nil draws. But yeah. again, you know, Man City are a good team. The fact we didn't lose is also positive then. Yeah, no, definitely. But um, <clears throat> in terms of Allegri, uh, I say give. I've, 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 as, as you, I understand your point of if it's if it's winning us a trophy, would you bring him in? But I think personally, Lampard can still win us a trophy. So that's that's my opinion. Um, if you packed him to buy that many players, then you have got to give him some yeah. time. Yeah, you can't. Ex- yeah, we've, we've said it, we've said before. You can't expect it to work instantly. The the Chelsea model. 
dictates that if he doesn't get top we're, four, we're breaking done. the mold now, Ben. We're breaking the mold. Yeah. I'm going to say that uh, there's definitely a camp who was caretaker manager when you won the double, and he basically oh, left. Didn't stay yeah, yeah. No, not Di Matteo because he won the Champions League, didn't he? There was. Yeah. was it? He was, but he was caretaker manager when he won the Champions League. But someone was caretaker manager and won the double. It's like Chelsea don't really tend to give oh, you um, a lot of time. But I'm also talking from like Manchester United have gone through Mourinho that, okay, got us a couple of trophies, but he annoys everybody and makes everyone want to leave the club and no one wants to join after a bit. And then we had, um, say, Moyes, who signed some pretty bad players. And then we had... Had like Van Gaal, who then made us play incredibly boring football and again signed players not good enough. So it's taken Solskjaer like a couple of windows just to move on players we don't need. And now we're actually seeing the benefit of that. Our squad's quite thin, but we're seeing the benefit. So it seems stupid to get rid of him for like Polk hasn't won anything. I know people say he'll play better, but Manchester United are actually playing quite good football. So yeah. I've, it's been entertaining, scoring a lot. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, I, I agree. So that's why I'm saying Lampard in. Anyway, if, 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 yeah. if, if uh, United fans are so sure in, I'm, I'm, I'm Lampard if, in. If Arteta can keep his job, then Lampard's got a good chance to keep it. Oh, yeah. If, if I, just, I, think, I just think if if it gets quite bad, the the, the hierarchy will revert to type. Yeah. I, 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 like, people don't change, you know? Like, like, they won't, they'll, they'll never completely change, will they? Yeah, they'll, they'll change as much as it's working and then it starts working. It'll, it'll, yeah, it's like yeah. an elastic band. If they'll, it'll get to a certain point and if it doesn't work at that certain point, they'll just let go. Yeah, yeah. There's right. no sentiment, is there? It'll be, they'll give them a bit of time, like I said, but... Yeah, it's, it's, of all players to be given the time, it would be Lampard because you, you will have to handle that quite delicately if you're getting rid of Lampard in terms of yeah. for, in, for Chelsea fans, you will get some backlash. Well, even if it's how you finish, do you, do you think it definitely matters top four? Because if you finish yeah. the season on a high, okay. Cause I, I would say that if you, if you do mess up a couple of games that Tottenham and Leicester could, could compete for. I'd say what, fifth, fifth, if we, if we finish the season really strong, As if we team, finish the season, yeah. like, as you finished last season, really strong and played really good football for a, like at least two at least two months before the end of the season, then I will be may stay if we get fifth, just yeah. because. So I was saying, if you had a bad month now, I'm not saying you're going to, but if you had a bad month and you kind of drop a bit like Arsenal did, but then you rebound back and finish strong, then maybe you'd get a bit of next season. But if you, if next season you don't kick on again, maybe that's yeah. why you'd be quite cutthroat quite early on. Mm. No, yeah, I agree. Should we? Um, Oh, sorry, do you want to what you say, Ben? I was just going to say, just thought, I was so I was talking to some United friends just before the podcast, and uh, he was complaining about the free kick that led to the Stones goal, um, saying that Sterling wasn't fouled. But would you would you agree with that? I, I've I've seen the highlights, and it's it's, it's a soft it's a soft free kick, but it's a free kick. Replay when it was live, I was like, I thought it was a bit soft because I'm biased. Yeah. It, it wasn't like a, a stone wall. I, I would say, actually, to, to talk about the other side, I think Marshall was diving too much. And I think for a Man United fan, that at least on a couple of occasions, what, why even trying to dive? You could at least have a shot. Or you know, it's, I don't want to see that sort of thing from like, any side. But I thought, um, for me, I think Sterling was quite well handled by our defence for most of the game. And mm. I don't know, it's one of those things that it's a bit soft. And it's, you know, we talk about it now. Yeah. Yeah, like seen some given, seen some not. Sort of yeah, thing. yeah, it's 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 dependent on the ref. 
But um, shall we get into your history, Rick, of uh, Manchester United, shall we? Okay, yeah, sure. Sound good to you? Yeah, sounds good. Sounds like I can, I can talk about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, what was your, your first game, either on TV or live at, at the stadium that you can remember? Well, that I can remember watching live. Um, that's quite a tough question. <laughs> I'd say live because I'm from Mid Wales. I hadn't gone to see them live until, say, recently-ish, but that was probably, I'm trying to think when it was, maybe about 15 years ago I saw them live. Do you remember the game? And the game was against Crystal Palace, and we won 5-1. Hmm. And I was like, okay, this is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I think, um, I'm trying to think who scored. I think Skulls might have got a couple. I think Solskjaer scored. But it was one of those games where, I think we took the lead. They may have equalised with like their only attack, and then we just tore them to pieces. And I was thinking, okay, this is, but it was like that was probably two thousand and four or five when we were. It might have been when your team started dominating the league, actually, about oh five oh six time. So just before then, maybe. Yeah, very cool, very cool. But have you got um, a on TV? Actually, oh, one I can remember on TV, and I don't know when it was. I think it was in. Possibly the 80s. And it stands out because maybe TV was and sports weren't quite as broadcast then as much as they are now. So you'd have like maybe just one or two games on per week. But it's against Liverpool because obviously Liverpool are the team you want to watch to play. And they had Liverpool had an amazing team, but we always had quite good wins against them because obviously it's like a massive game for us. And I think that the game stood out because Barnes scored. And you think, okay, John Barnes has scored. Like, you know, we're not going to win. And we had this like amazing period. So in the next seven minutes, we scored three goals and basically took them 3-1. And I think Brian McClare got an overhead kick. I was like, wow, it's like, what? <laughs> and it just stood out because obviously Liverpool dominated the league for like all of the 80s. So to beat them. So they're kind of like first for both of those that I can remember. Fair enough. Uh, so what would you say your favourite ever game is? Oh, I think it's difficult to beat the, the final in 99 for me um, in terms of like one-off game I can remember because I think it's the Manchester United I don't know if you remember when so when the Champions League started they had different rules so you couldn't play a certain number of non-EU players so because we had Schmeichel and we had Cantona I think it might have had Blomquist we had to play some games where we couldn't play necessarily our full strength team Right. But we just, I think we played against Barcelona and got thrashed. But because um, for me, the Munich game stands out because I went through loads of tournaments thinking we've got a chance and we'd like me to a ridiculously good Juventus side when Zidane was there or you play at Barcelona side that had Haji and Stoichkov. And every year you kind of meet up against some team that just is like too difficult to beat. So I kind of thought we'd never actually win it. And then I spent most of the match thinking, oh God, we got to the final and we've blown it. So the fact that we won it in quite dramatic style. But alongside that, I'd probably put the Arsenal FA Cup semi-final replay with like that gig's goal in terms yeah. of like... Oh, yeah. Because I think it's like... I've, they're tense watching, but they're more memorable because of um, thinking you're going to lose. Like they, they got a penalty with like a couple of minutes to go. And I think it's like Bergkamp, Schmeichel saved it. And you think... Oh, oh yeah. So for me, it's this like... <laughs> First, I think the games that are most memorable are the tense ones that you kind of claw victory from a, like a, quite a bad position. 
because the ones where you thrash teams four or five nil are like you know are nice but they're not they're not so memorable because they're not kind of after about half an hour or an hour you think okay so the game's done yeah no, yeah, I, could, I think both Ben and I completely can agree. Well, if you uh, if you thought those last two questions were hard, here's, a, here's an even harder one. <laughs> In your opinion, who are your top five favourite or best players okay. of all time? I would say, like, um, was a Manchester United fan. Uh, in terms of Manchester United fat players, sorry. Just Manchester United players? Yeah. I would say, um, what I was going to say is that on my stream, I usually wear jersey and i probably bought i've only ever bought home kits and there's only one name i've ever had on the back of a kit and that's Cantona. and for me he was like possibly my favorite player because he made the team amazing that was a good team but we made us unbeatable for a few years and it's like a lot of the games were so that we had quite a boring game against chelsea nil nil we had a quite boring game against city they were quite boring games obviously back then but Cantona would do one thing like the FA Cup final in 96, nothing happened until Cantona got that volley. And you think, okay. And the, there was a 1-0 game against Arsenal where he hit this ridiculous shot that went in off the crossbar or um, a game against Spurs where he just went on a mazy run. And he just did these things at one games that, you know, stat-wise, you probably pick out Ronaldo and say how many goals he scored. And I'd say he's in my top five as well. Because um, the second game I saw live was against um, Wigan. And the first half, pretty much Wigan came to defend and yeah, did that. I think when they got the ball, they just passed it sideways because they didn't want to attack. And I was like, what's going on? And in the second half, Ronaldo came on and all Ronaldo did was run directly at the goal and the defenders couldn't do anything. And from 45 minutes, like when he came on to 60 minutes, we scored three goals. I think Ronaldo got fouled about five times. They just, it was unplayable. And I was just thinking, this is like ridiculous. He's so fast. And so... They're definitely two of the players. Um, probably Skulls is like another one. Because um, for me, the best passer I've ever seen. Uh, you, you say like De Bruyne. I think it's like Skulls did that for like 15 years at the top. Yeah, I mean, I mean, in the in the Skulls, Lampard, Gerard Debate, and uh, well, Tom will like this, but I, I would choose uh, Skulls. So yeah, you, 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 know. you chose Skulls, I chose Lampard, Kieran chose I think like, um, Gerard. I've watched um, you know, say United play live, and even when Skulls was probably past his best, say like mid to late thirties, he controlled everything in terms of like the ball went to him. If you look at Fred McTominay, Bruno Fernandes now, they're they're a fraction of the ability of Skulls. Skulls put it exactly where it needed to be. I don't think I ever saw a misplace a pass like more than once or twice in a game. It was it was ridiculous. It was. You, it's almost got taken for granted because he turned up every game and you yeah. just didn't notice it. It was just um, just the passing was like so spot on. Mm. And there's some of the finishes as well were, were great. That, that goal against Barcelona, oh, yeah. the final against um, your guys. <laughs> the, um, so for, I think those are the, probably the top three. Um, yeah, it's kind of, that's just what he was supposed to do. So it wasn't really... It's kind of difficult it. picking, like, I'm probably picking mainly outfield players, not sort of non-defenders as the... Do you want to keep it as three then to make it easier? Um, <laughs> I can say, uh, actually, I, I'd probably put, um, probably Giggs, because... Um, watching well, Giggs, isn't it? <laughs> watching Marshall tonight and um, playing on the left and say Giggs, like, it's talk about Skulls putting 70-yard balls in and Giggs, I watched him play 
against Sheffield Wednesday because I went to university in Sheffield. So I went to watch them play Wednesday. And Giggs was like running full pace. There was a cross from like, someone punted it from defence and Giggs just didn't break break his stride. And his, his first touch was was always spot on. And I definitely put him, and then probably Roy King, like the best leader I've ever seen in terms of, if we could get two of those players back in this team, I think we'd be contenders because mm-hmm. I think they're all, maybe uh, probably ma- mainly um, I'm picking players from that sort of era. Cause I think the players we've got now aren't quite as good as the ones we had then. Mm. Yeah. I, I, think, I mean, I think, um... I think you can, there's a lot of shout outs for the, the, you know, the 2008 team where you have Ronaldo. Oh, oh, God. So I put Ronaldo in there as Ronaldo's in there, but Rooney's quite a shout, but I think at the peak for players I enjoyed watching, I think Rooney is probably, you know, definitely in the top 10 for me, but I think, Gigs and Skulls and King were yeah. probably. I think, I think I think you are definitely. Uh, uh, you definitely have a chance now, but like you say, if you had one or two of those players, you'd be clear favourites. Yeah, yeah. If you could put Roy Keane in there, have that that leadership. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, that that's what Chelsea need right now as well. To be honest. <laughs> oh, that was actually something um, me and my dad picked up today. So Ruben Diaz is twenty three years old, right? Mm. But he is the boss of that back four. Or even the entire defense. He's he's the one bossing everyone, telling where everyone needs to be. I yeah. found that very interesting. The fact he's twenty three and he's just completely. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think if you're a natural leader, you're a natural leader, aren't you? You can yeah. see that in some players that you kind of sometimes with Manchester United's team now, you look at the older players, but it's not necessarily it's ages is irrelevant. You could see like Rooney when he was a teenager, he was like bossing players around because he just knows what he wants them to do. Like Diaz knows what he wants the other defenders to do. He's just he's got the Kind of the reading of the game, which you know, is, is annoying because he's quite young and <laughs> they're going to have yeah. a long time. Yeah, uh, like um, it's exactly what we need that leadership because obviously a lot has been talked about that like, I was losing the players, but company losing company, you, you lose yeah, that leadership. Like, hard to replace, isn't it? I think you've got close now, but yeah, like you even Hazard. Yeah, <laughs> we just clearly haven't replaced yet. That leadership that we we lost with company was it was ridiculous how, how much we lost like um well how much of that sort of in the dressing room we lost so yeah it's exactly what we needed something like that it's hard to replace isn't it because you can buy players on ability but i say for us we we don't have so many i think bruno fernandez you can see him as a leader because you can see the way he reacts to how things go wrong in terms of what he's trying to demand improvements from players around him or um, for other players less so I think that definitely Manchester United in the past I think it's like quite interesting to see how many ex-Manchester United players from the 90s then became actual managers that they do maybe not had the best managerial careers a lot of them but so many ended up being managers because they were quite natural leaders like Bruce and you've got um, Brian Robson and Roy Keane did it for a bit and um, obviously Bruce is still going he's not the most popular manager but there's definitely leadership ability in some of these players I mean even uh, Rooney I mean Rooney as well had a try Uh, he's still still, still player manager at Derby isn't he he's proper manager now oh is he yeah I thought he was player manager though he was player manager at first but now I think he's he's proper manager oh very interesting so Phil Neville actually did okay with the, the women's team Mm. I think well, it got, into the, got into the final of the World Cup, didn't 
semis. was the semis. But then, but then did lose to America, he won the whole thing. Yeah, so, yeah, so that's like yeah. almost like the well, I mean, he, he's linked with um, because he's, he's stepping down into he? he's linked with Inter Miami back into the team too. So that'll be yeah, interesting. Uh, so, because of that, he's gonna have to. Well, if he does take that job, he won't be able to manage the team GB at the Olympics, the women's team. So, actually, Beckham's the only player out of our 99 top midfield that didn't make my fight. I think Beckham was like great. I love watching Beckham play. And if you look at his highlights, a lot of his goals are really great finishes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it can pick, unfortunately, Ronaldo was just too good to leave out. He's just, yeah, he like, can only have five, can't he? He's just a machine. I think you just put him in any team and it's just unbelievable, really. Yeah. yeah. Um, so uh, we've spoken a bit about the uh, sort of your, your favourite matches in your first game. What's your just just your earliest memory of United? It doesn't have to be a match uh, or anything like that. Uh, could just be sort of you seeing an advert or something like that. I think it was like things like, um, I think my dad supported United, my uncle supported Everton, and they, were, they definitely played in the finals at 84, 85. I think it was like 84 that United won. So it's probably quite early on, but I think it's because, um, so the first World Cup I watched was 86, which you kind of guessed my age based on that. <laughs> and um, and the, the main players then for England, obviously you got Gary Lineker because he was the uh, scored the most goals, but like Brian Robson. So maybe it's kind of him. So have, have, in terms of like supporting the team, the, um, say Brian Robson, Mark Hughes, those sort of players, my favourite players. But mm -hmm. as a, a weird early memory, I remember Alex Ferguson becoming manager and obviously he did well at Aberdeen beforehand. And um, what was interesting then was like um, the speculation, I think someone tried to buy Manchester United and the offer was about 10 million, which seems like absolutely ridiculous then in like the mm -hmm. 80s. But like kind of obviously you can see how finances have changed, but I think it was... Um, he did a bit like Solskjaer did for me in that he there were lots of really good players, but he moved them on for different reasons, like Norman Whiteside and Paul McGrath, because they, they like drinking maybe more than they like training. And so it, it took a while, but you can kind of see that if you give a manager time, you've got to at least let them kind of build what their vision is. So I think that's kind of, I just remember watching, um, my earliest memory is basically just hoping that someone beats Liverpool because we weren't doing that at the time for the league. So I was kind of like, really happy when I can't what year it was it might have been like 89 or something when Arsenal won the league by beating Liverpool 2-0 on the last day of the season and I remember like kind of being really happy that happened because <laughs> it meant Liverpool didn't win for like at least one year <laughs> fair enough um what was your favorite goal that you can remember of Manchester United like which like was it an important goal that you loved was it just a fantastic oh, goal like what yeah so there's like Lots to pick from. I, I talked about a couple earlier about you know the um like the gigs goal against mm. Arsenal is kind of probably like one of the best I've watched. I think um the Cantona got this chip against Sunderland that where he does the celebration where he raises his arms. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. that's kind of iconic. That was like a crazy goal. Um for me, a goal people might not have seen much is um say in 1991, because we won the cup winners' cup. And um, one of the goals in the final, Mark Hughes kind of takes the ball. The keeper runs out. Mark Hughes kicks it past him, and it like a really wide angle and runs off. And the commentator is saying, "Oh, Hughes maybe has a chance. Oh, not really now." And then Mark Hughes just absolutely hammers it in from this ridiculous angle. And the camera view is like through the goal, 
So you just kind of see the ball flying towards the goal and defenders kind of like diving as the legs just missing it. And for me, that's yeah. like one of the best goals I've seen because it's like quite a dramatic finish. Mm. Right. Oh, that sounds pretty pretty but interesting. Like check it out because for me, obviously, I'm biased, but for me, the commentary makes it where they just kind of. No, I, I think I've seen. I think I've seen that goal because I do. I do. I can still. I can picture the where the camera was. I may have seen it before. I think. And also because it was a, it was a ridiculously good Barcelona team, but there was a bit of because um, Mike Hughes played for Barcelona very briefly. It didn't work out, so it's kind of like yeah. a bit. Like one of their players got sent off for trying to hack him down at one point, which is. Because he was clean through, going for a hat trick. So it was kind of a bit. It was nice to see him get that goal against them because obviously it was a great goal as well. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so uh, obviously we're talking a bit about this, but how how would you say how would you sort of uh, judge your start to the season? I would say if you're talking about the very very start, it was like utter shambles with like the Crystal Palace game, the Brighton game, we somehow won, which we shouldn't have won. But um, I think it's like, like you're talking about a weird season where we had very little preparation time after, um, I think going away, we had the long run in Europe and then it didn't work out. And then we didn't have any preparation. We had no preseason. I think we played one game against Villa. But I say after that, this stage of the season, I think it's going about as well as it, I would have expected. My expectation for the season was. Well, you do say slightly better being on points, same points as Liverpool. Yeah, no, I, I think I was, I was hoping for, like you said, I was hoping that maybe next season might be the next season we can challenge if we do, do a couple of good transfer windows. So I was thinking that because we finished like over thirty points behind, I thought there's no way you're going to close that in one year because they were just, and I thought if we can get at least a lot closer to Man City and our, and, and Liverpool and maybe win a cup or something, that would be a good season. But I think at the moment now, you've got to say, can we finish like top two? And mm. if we could like finish top two and Liverpool finish third, I think that's a great season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think actually, I think a lot of, I think a lot of uh, fans would be quite happy with that from all, from all clubs. Liverpool not winning the league this season would be quite nice for most. And uh, let's be honest, no offence to City, but they're kind of the... The club where you can you can win the league it doesn't matter if you you, you go win the league as long as I'll take it I'll take it I don't but, care <laughs> Ricky Ricky kind of got to agree well I think Spurs for me is if, if if I'd much rather City won five seasons in a row or whatever well I think not five seasons in a row won this season and then not next season but the season after that and it made sure that Spurs didn't win the league I would much prefer I say that. as a Chelsea fan just a question for you which teams do you dislike the most. Because uh, I, I was talking to Manchester. Would you want me to rank them for you? You can rank like the top like three, four, or five if you want. Okay. Okay. Uh, well, we know number one, Spurs. Um, two, I'd say joint second. <sighs> joint second. Whoa. Liverpool and United. Then Arsenal. Then I don't really care. <laughs> uh, I'd say, yeah, I have like a few and then it drops off to not caring at all. So I'd say Liverpool by far, by a mm. massive distance. Yeah. Then, then probably, I think then actually... But I really don't like Arsenal though. I'd say joint second is Liverpool United. <laughs> Arsenal. But it's all the same. Yeah, they are <laughs> just... For me, Liverpool are way ahead. And then after that, it becomes a mixture of depends who's like our rivals at the time. It was quite often Arsenal and still like 
maybe Arsenal and Leeds, obviously. Yeah. yeah. And it's we, nice we, we quite a bit, we've had quite a bit of a rivalry the last 15, 20 years, haven't we? 15 years. Yeah, definitely with like recently it's City. But I think for, um, when I was talking to City fans last night, it's like um, for them, Manchester United have always been the rival. I think it's be- for us because um, Liverpool had the dominance when I started supporting Manchester United. It was about beating them. They were the best team and they're the team you want to beat. And then maybe people that have started supporting football teams like in the 90s or later, Liverpool haven't really won the league. So for for City and Manchester United fans, certainly in the last 10 years, maybe there's more rivalry between younger fans, I guess. It depends who's good at the time, doesn't it? Because <laughs> at one point, Blackburn were a rival and Newcastle were a rival, but now they're kind of like, no, nowhere near. Yeah, I mean, I can tell you my 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 top three United. That's it. It doesn't like. <laughs> I would say like kind of a similar thing that if Liverpool by a mile, if Liverpool don't win the league, if Spurs win it, if Chelsea win it, I don't really care. It's, it's yeah, like it's Liverpool or nothing that yeah. leads. I don't even you know they're obviously disliked, but no, I think and for Spurs, I've got a friend that's a massive Spurs fan. And I think you, didn't you beat them about 30 times in a row or something? Something ridiculous. That you had, you have this crazy record against Spurs. You don't have to worry about Spurs. You always beat them. <laughs> no, we, we, our home record against them is really good. I think we've only lost once to them at home in like 20 years or something ridiculous. Yeah. When I was talking, doing a Villa preview and I was talking to someone from a Villa fan channel and I think we've lost once to Villa in like 44 games or something. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like I was saying that I don't, then it doesn't matter what, what you think is going to happen. We just always beat you. We just always do. It's like mm-hmm. the last time you beat us was 10 years ago. And I think that... I think there might be a bit of... Um, in terms of Chelsea's rivalries, rivalries, there's a lot more clubs in your proximity... Mm. Well, whereas, Arsenal, yeah. Yeah, whereas with City, United, Liverpool, there's only, I mean, obviously there's lo- lo- loads of clubs in the Northwest, but in terms of top clubs, those are the top clubs in the Northwest. Mm. So you, you're not going to get like, you know, three, four rivalries because there's not that as much proximity. Yeah. The teams. What I was going to say about the, um, the Spurs thing is... I think Lampard or someone came out in an interview after I think Chelsea beat Spurs again or Spurs just won a game against Chelsea and he said Chelsea make DVDs when they win the Champions League Spurs will make a DVD and sing about it when they just beat Chelsea away (laughs) or something along those lines anyway Um, but I mean we've spoken about the history of uh, United we've spoken about current affairs and I guess a little bit of the future but what do you think the future holds for United in the end of this season next season I think it's tough because I think like a lot of people have said things about and I think it comes down to like our owners that they quite like making a profit from the team (laughs) and I think that um, you don't see us maybe competing in the transfer market quite how we used to in the past which I think is frustrating because I don't think the board necessarily matched the ambitions of the fans. But I think that it's a shame they don't because I think as a brand, Manchester United's got such worldwide appeal. If they won more things with investment into the team, I think we'd obviously, they'd make a lot more money in terms of sponsorship and everything like that. 
but I do see like a big improvement and it's kind of difficult to know how far Solskjaer can go with this team. And I think that I'm looking at the team and thinking a few key players, like we're talking about bringing like a few players back from the nineties, a few key players, like say a defensive midfielder that can do the job that let's be honest, Fred, McTominay, Matic can't really do anymore. And maybe a more clinical striker. Cause we're talking about, having Cavani as the only out-and-out striker and a lot of players are probably wingers trying to play as strikers. Apart from, I think, Greenwood maybe in the future would be. So I, I would think that the future looks good. I don't know whether Manchester United will actually be able to you know, say how much money that Chelsea put in the transfer window this season. I don't see us doing that ever. So I think that we need to kind of do it more from our academy and our youth in terms of like you've got Greenwood, Rashford... These are players that we brought through, which is you know, great to the way that we're running the club because I think it counteracts the fact that we can't buy a Greenwood. I mean, a Greenwood would cost a fortune if mm. he develops how we're expecting him to develop. Mm. And even McTominay, you know, he, he is a decent player. It's just not first-team elite quality player. But we can kind of maybe supplement a few key transfers, maybe the players we can't bring through. Because obviously we've, we've brought through quite a few goalkeepers recently as well. But if we can keep doing that and maybe have a certain percentage of our team coming that way and then buying players, those key positions we don't have, like a defensive midfielder that's good enough, yeah, maybe a central defender that's a bit better. I think that you know, we could definitely... It wouldn't be crazy to imagine us winning the league in like a year's time or two years' time. Definitely. I think maybe I think also i'd say as a final point the average age of our team is like incredibly young as well but there's no players apart from matic there's no players that you can see like dropping off if anything yeah greenwood's a teenager they're all going to get better yeah that's, that's i guess that's positive from united view yeah but i think um like you say in terms of like your um transfer windows it's the sort of the yeah the way you've done transfers recently um, it's, I think it definitely has improved since uh, sort of just after Fergie left and stuff. Um, but it's whether, like you say, you, the, your transfer polish now gets you those players that those. Yeah, I think the players we're getting players. Good. We're just not getting enough of them. So I would say that since we've had Solskjaer as manager, the, um, someone told me that Solskjaer actually is the only manager since Alex Ferguson to actually be able to veto a player. In terms of like whether he signed, so if people right. thought Van der Beek wasn't a signing, he could have vetoed it if he wanted to. I believe that is actually um, something that he managed to get in his contract when he's when he signed. Um, but I think yeah, the, the improvements are definitely there to see. Yeah, in terms of like mm. the players are brought in. As much as it pains me as a rival fan to say it, yes, unfortunately, you seem to have improved. Yeah, but it's a. Uh... But so even so, like you say, you transfer uh, in terms of your current transfer policy. It, you have it has been working, um, sort of to an extent. So it's obviously Bruno Fernandes has worked, Cavani's worked. Um, so Tellers is okay. I think Tellers. Yeah. Provide we we were a bit thin on players. I think Tellers is definitely a useful addition. Yeah. Van der Beek looks like a good player. Yeah, I mean, the, the, the talk about him is that he's a replacement for Pogba, isn't it? I think that's the kind of thing that, that because of the 
what's happened around the world, Pogba was possibly going to be sold, but because of um, football stopping for a while, that may have put the hold on it because it's affected certain Spanish teams that may be interested, maybe certain Italian teams that may be interested, their finances may have been slightly mm. slightly hit. Slightly yeah. hit. Mm. But it, we're talking about um, maybe a year ago, thinking who can we play in midfield? Because we didn't have Bruno, Pogba was injured, and so we're kind of putting together a midfield, hoping that Fred, who was, let's be fair, adjusting to the league at that time, would play along with Tomine and something, somehow we'd compete. And I think it was like really difficult for us to actually get much going in the league before that. Mm, fair enough. Well, um, we've spoken a lot about football. Why don't we uh, talk about kind of what we do now, YouTube? Um, got a couple of questions for you, Rick, about YouTube, yeah, sure. your, your YouTube career. <laughs> Shortish you, uh, career, but yeah. I don't know. I don't know if anyone actually really asked you about your uh, your YouTube career before. No one said any. No, not really. All right. Well, this is the first time for you. <laughs> um, what event or person would you say, if there is one, obviously, uh, inspired you to to get into YouTube? Um. Yeah, difficult question. <laughs> We always ask difficult questions here. Right? Yeah, and no, I'm thinking that if there's like any one key event, I think it's like, like um, I'm a massive fan of sport, and I'll say that when there was a lockdown, the harder it was, you know, hard having like a lockdown. Obviously, it affects people in different ways. Some people obviously still go to work and forgot, but having no sport is something that I watch quite a lot of. So having no football, no basketball, no other American sports, I like watching. And um, so just you end up like watching more stuff on the internet and you see like some fan channels and things. I can't remember what I watched or whether I like the idea of uploading stuff anyway, because I quite like making videos. So I was kind of like teaching myself video editing at the same sort of time and doing um, like, so I think we were, because I couldn't see any family. We did like little um, updates of kind of what we were doing, mm. like vlog sort of gardening stuff because it's the summer so with my daughters like do stuff in the garden and film that and then obviously I thought I can I can just do more stuff on my own and, and what do I like talking about and it's like sports so I thought I'll just do this and so I called my channel Rich Sports because I couldn't I thought I couldn't really think of a name <laughs> well, <don't laughs> worry. We, we, we called the blue podcast because I'm a Chelsea fan he's a City fan put the colors together blue so you know just don't worry it's <laughs> and you just think that yeah so I think I just did um like a little video saying basically I'll just upload some football stuff and some I didn't really have much idea what I was going to do and then just did little match previews on my own because I, I kind of wanted to do more interactive type things like the podcast you're doing and like mm. live streams I do previewing games talking about the Premier League because for me that's kind of like more interesting because I kind of missed like the banter on the school bus where you talk to like the Tottenham fan and you talk to like the other fans of different clubs and for me that's quite quite fun like it's great talking to Manchester United fans but invariably they keep talking about the same things and <laughs> just the I don't want to talk about replacing the manager again and you think so for me it's about getting interaction with people again and think that the yeah, live really stuff like works it. well and the people I know that like do actually enjoy watching it which is you know, nice to hear and mm -hmm. hopefully put out something that is interesting because ultimately it's stuff I enjoy talking about so I'll put out basketball things I don't think it's it's so popular because most of my followers are probably British based. But yeah, so I like talking about other teams, but whether that's interesting to Manchester United fans, I don't know. I think it is to some. 
to some maybe but maybe it might also help grow your your audience which is kind of what we've been trying to do here but so so if to summarize what you just said it's kind of like a i guess lockdown was your your event that i think i think yeah that's true i think i i I think it's fair to say i didn't really plan what i was going to do initially i just kind of just started doing small videos Mm. and and based on obviously i still have to go to work and have like other family and things so trying to do little videos and edit them just takes too long and it's actually more fun to get other people involved that's why it's why we do podcasts because i literally can press record press end record and then take my hands away from the keyboard it's brilliant (laughs) the thing that it becomes fun and enjoyable and it becomes like kind of like a routine you like doing and it's like quite fun to get people involved Mm -hmm. so yeah so i'm doing it because i'm if I wasn't doing it, I'd be talking about sport anyway, and it saves people in my house not having to listen to it. Like my daughters don't have interest in football, <laughs> <laughs> apart from the Leeds game. They became interested in the Leeds game because it was two 0 after three minutes, and then they became a bit interested. Yeah, no, I, I understand exactly what you mean. <laughs> well, I say um, a question to you guys because I'll say, have you been doing it roughly the same sort of time, like over the? Yeah, so we started on June 11th was our first video. I don't know how I'd know yeah. that. Um, but yeah, we, we started in June. Um, I've had channels before. I uh, still have one out called Maccas. Um, but yeah, this we've, we've only been doing this for since June. It's about the same time as you. Yeah, I think it's about think the same this time. time. Yeah, this, this is like, I mean, it's, this is the first thing that I've done. Um, and I, I know Tom through a friend from school who's a friend of Tom's from uni. Mm-hmm. Friend, well, he's friends with Tom uh, from uni. So, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's how it kind of started. We've actually only met once in person. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Because yeah. yeah, I think that most of the people on my channel, like, I, don't know if it, I don't know if people think that we know each other. Because obviously, I've just asked a lot of people, say, do you want to come and talk about sport? And... Uh, some of them say yes, and then eventually some of them come on, and a lot of them are US based. Or yeah. um, I've had like someone from Australia. It's kind of like you have to kind of um, work the time zones a bit because it's a bit like I say, okay, it's 10 o'clock here. What time is it where you are? And for some people, it'll be like, oh, it's like seven in the morning. I think, okay, is that okay? Or some people are saying, well, it's like, no, that's too late or something. But no, so I think it's like becomes enjoyable. Mm. That's why you like doing it, which I guess is like, Oh, yeah, it's exactly, exactly why we've done it and how we continued as well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so I think it, like, um, it takes a lot of effort. I'm like pretty, say I'm fine with most technology, but things like where you think, okay, try and make certain things like thumbnails and pictures and that sort of thing to go with it. In terms of like learning how to use it, YouTube, it took a little while. So I think it's taken, hopefully it's getting better. Hopefully mm-hmm. the quality is improving, but it's like quite a learning process, which I think, because I quite like learning things anyway, that because I was had a lot of free time with lockdown and because also the thing I do in my free time normally is watch sport wasn't available. I had quite a lot of extra time. So I thought yeah. I might as well learn something. So I yeah. taught myself video editing is like something to learn and YouTube mm. kind of grew out of that. I think it might be a generational, well, relatively generational thing, but obviously I, I think I've grown up with having done YouTube since I was about for not done YouTube but like been in and around doing YouTube stuff since I was about 14 and 
this is the first time the channel's done very well compared to before. So like my, I had an old, my, my last channel had, has 105 subs, but that took me two years to get to 50 okay. subs. I would so, say that, that genuinely, when I started doing it, I had no idea there was that many people doing it. Because I went on, um, I started uploading videos and because um, I've used Twitter for like a long time, but I just created a separate Twitter account because I didn't want to dilute basically like, I keep other things like family and things separate because otherwise they just get drowned out by loads of people talking about sport <laughs> and posting pictures of football players. But um, when I did that, I just realized that other people will start messaging you and say, oh, can you check out my channel? Or do you want to join this podcast? Or do you want I was like, okay. So I joined a couple of people's live podcasts with like a, like four or five other Manchester United fans. And I was like, okay, this is like quite fun. And mm -hmm. it's kind of something you don't really consider doing it. And then based on that, you think, okay, maybe I should like look into doing this myself. And instead of doing a small video where you basically just post a video and then hope somebody watches it. Whereas if you actually can do something like this that I can instantly ask your opinion instead of writing say what you think of this and then maybe waiting days until someone actually just says one line and go okay <laughs> you can just talk straight away and it's a lot more fun mm. Fair enough. yeah um so uh I was just gonna say um is this your first channel I would, I would gather it is. I would say I, I did something earlier on that was not really aimed at trying to do anything apart from just, because um, I was filming things, say like in my, to show, um, to put on Facebook, my friend, uh, my sort of family to see in terms of like what, because my children couldn't see my parents or my cousins or, you know, because our family is quite spread out, but we're quite friendly in terms of like we get on well. So, because I, we couldn't meet up over the summer like I'd want to, or go home at Easter like I wanted to, yeah. go and visit them. Like regularly, I'd go and visit family, and quite often my cousins who live near London and other cousins that live near Cornwall, everyone would kind of get together a lot more frequently. Yeah. So I put things on a YouTube channel then that was just basically our family stuff, but that's not that's not really aimed at trying to get people to watch it too much because it was just basically me practicing how to edit videos of like stuff in the garden and just sort of playing about with the technology and making it fun. Mm. And just, um, it was quite fun to do because we had a lot of free time then and not really doing much else. Then this is kind of like something that obviously I'm more interested in because it's something that I do for longer because obviously I'm not going to stop being interested in sport anytime soon. Yeah. But I think okay. that doing the first one basically helped me, at least I knew what I was doing a bit more. Fair enough. Well, um, We've kind of spoken about you doing videos and kind of on this topic of what is your favorite type of video to record or do now would you say i would say um recently my favorite type of video is probably ones where i get a lot of different fans on from different clubs where we kind of have um a bit more banter like i kind of have a a couple of Liverpool fan channels. That, there's definitely one fan channel that would you know, write a few comments in the, the post. Like, I'm kind of wondering how Americans take this because I don't know if it's quite the, the... What I would say is, you know, we're talking about teams we don't like and it's quite often you develop that that dislike, we say, when you're a child. It's kind of like with your, your school friends in primary school or in high school and stuff like that. So I'm wondering that for me, there's American sports I like, but I don't really 
dislike teams that are probably their rivals because for me I don't live in that area I don't live yeah. in LA or I don't live in New York so I don't hate the team that lives nearby because for me it's not the same thing so yeah yeah, no. yeah so would you say that your favorite thing about doing YouTube is just that interaction I think I think so it's like when like obviously you support Manchester City and for me, it's quite interesting, something that I quite liked when I was in school. I had a friend that supported Blackburn and obviously Blackburn, you know, nothing now. But when they had Alan Shearer and they won the league in 95, obviously they're a great team. And I had like a family member that supported Newcastle. And it's kind of you have that rivalry. So they can, obviously, I can say what I like about a city and it might be different from what you like because you watch it in a different way. And it's quite interesting to know what, what other fans think of your players. Because obviously, I think what players we've got that are great so for me the the, the multi-team supporting fan sort of podcasts are great mm. I, I don't quite like i i not quite enjoy doing the videos on my own quite so much anymore because it's kind of i quite like sometimes discussing a match that's just happened because you kind of just think it's quite fresh in your mind so but maybe the match previews because it's a bit unpredictable and it's Doing those solo, I haven't really done those much recently because I think it's much more interesting to get like a general view of what people think. Like mm. in terms of asking Ben, what do you think about the Manchester United Manchester City game? Because he was quite negative, which I was surprised because I thought Manchester City must be thinking they're going to roll everybody after the way they've been playing. <laughs> but it's interesting <laughs> to know that. But... Yeah, so no, yeah, I, I think that's kind of why this channel's kind of kept on going in such a like a regular basis because. Just get, we just we we've we kind of started off with it just intending to be me Ben and then our mate Kieran and then it turned into just me and Ben yeah and then kind of by accident we started having guests like we had my dad on at first mm-hmm. but I think we only thought about doing that because we had one of my mother mates does a F1 who's uh, called John we we I said to him well, do you want to come on just just as a Kind of, it was. It wasn't really like intending to kind of go down this, have guests on every week route, and then it has. Um, but it's kind of, I don't know if you agree, Ben. It's quite enjoyable getting different people's opinions. Yeah, well, definitely. I mean, um, yeah, the, the like you say, it it started off with, with just uh, without any guests, uh, and then I think having your friend John on kind of really sort of sparks it because like other F1 YouTube channels uh, sort of interacted and then you you were like, oh, we could get them on. And then it was like, oh, but then we could get football people on. Um, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, oh, we can get comic book people and rugby people. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it, is, it is good. It's opened up a lot more doors for us at least. I think yeah. it's because um, when I started, because it's just me, so I thought I want someone to talk to. So I kind of just yeah. asked people. I thought the most obvious people to ask are Manchester United fans because they'd be interested in talking about Manchester United. Uh, and, um, yeah. But yes, but you, if you've seen many of my streams, you'll see that there's kind of the same sort of people over it. And I think after... Jamie after is there while, every week, week in, week out, every video, I see Jamie there. <laughs> shout out to Jamie if you're watching this video. But like a, a massive shout out to some of the people that join in the... Which is great because you kind of have this like sort of um, rapport now with some of the people watching and they, they put some comments that are like quite funny and you kind of know what to expect from but I say also with guests as well that I've got a couple of guests that join regularly from the US and depending on when they you know, the time zone works on certain days for them and it, you get quite a nice 
um, interaction with those because the first time you, you talk to somebody on, you don't know how you're gonna actually bounce off each other, whether it's gonna come across as like awkward or whether it's actually gonna be quite quite fun. Yeah. And so I've, I've ended up going through, I probably had about, I don't know, 15 to 20 guests on. And ultimately there's probably about five or six that have probably been on way more than the others because they, they enjoy it. They want to come back on again and mm. you know, it works really well. The whole idea is that it has to be fun and it has to be like, enjoyable. And most people want to come on because most people say they want to come on. And when they do come on, you go, do you want to come on again? And they're like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> It's, it's kind of difficult, isn't it? Because it can be go on quite long. Yeah. I, think I, I always quite actually. I say, Tom, you did mention earlier that we came on to a, a one with like about four or five Manchester United fans. Oh yeah. I was like, I was really planning on like doing something short, and I say that also that you got to say things that you don't take into account is that if you have got like four or five other people involved, then there's only so much you can control in terms mm. of like. Oh yeah, no, I completely, I completely understand. I actually quite enjoy just sitting there, listening to them all ranting on to each other. <laughs> what was really interesting was that the conversation was too interesting to stop watching, mm. and I just kind of sat there for like about fifteen minutes, just listening to two people, which they had some quite interesting points of view. And I was like, mm. you know, this is like quite. <laughs> it was, it was like tennis. They were just like hitting one, one saying one thing, they hitting it straight back. It was, it was very entertaining. Even like um. I think Ben was talking about it yesterday. Some that Jamie was saying that he really enjoyed it, and it was like it was like entertaining. But I was like thinking, I just like I think I spoke to you, and I think I spoke to other people, and I just say, oh, well, I'll try and do like quite a short stream of like yeah, uh, I was told uh, an hour before the stream. Like, like, that would be about an hour. I like, oh. Yeah, I message. I message. Well, I think that's a good thing. That Go I say that's a good sign though that it ends up being long, but hopefully. I do hope that guests don't feel like I've tricked them into coming on and then just no. talking. <laughs> no, definitely, definitely not. There is um, no plan. <laughs> speaking of, uh, I guess, kind of, we've kind of just spoken about your, your history of of your YouTube career, but would there be anything that you want to change, anything you want to do differently, maybe, uh, um, since you've started? I think that one of the difficulties is that based on like the house size I've got, which is, and the broadband quality of certain places in the UK, but I kind of have to do things in a way, like say downstairs connected that I can't really, if I had um, more space, I suppose, I could do something a bit more, sort of like, like perfect things a bit more in terms of like have a, a nicer setup in terms of how I can present videos or stream it more maybe more accessible times for people or more um, live stuff that's in relation to games that I can't do now because I'm kind of watching it and there's children walking around and <laughs> I tried doing something once in the midday and my daughter's just like, I don't want to use the word ruin, but they just kind of get involved in a way which you don't want at <laughs> certain <laughs> times. So I, I say maybe make it more polished in terms of that because obviously after you do it for a bit, you kind of think of what things you'd like to tweak, what things you'd like to do differently. Mm. I'd like to maybe be able to have a sort of standard time, you know, have this time on this day, this time, and have a kind of more, not regimented, but, you know, kind of more standard schedule. But at the moment, it's not possible. Yeah. I think that's what we will, we meet, we have uh, every Thursday, 4 p.m. And then, but we can, I think, I think kind of the difference between what you and, and we do is yours is a, is a stream. So it's just a little bit, 
trickier to stay to a schedule because you you have to actually record it every every yeah, every time in the week. So I kind of like I have to rely on like no disrespect to Ben, but I have to rely on everyone's internet connection to be happy. <laughs> and um, yeah, whereas we've we've yeah. had times where like we we went to we went to record at say a set time and then it ends up that through certain situations we've actually had to record an hour and a half later or I think one time I think we were recording and Ben's internet went down for about half an hour so we just paused the recording came back yeah. to it half an hour later and it was fine it's just technical issues that you don't think of and there's nothing you can do about it mm. that that someone um called Tom that joins my stream quite a lot that has a lot of information on transfers sometimes it just can't connect and um so I don't want to like overpromise. You know, when I put like a post out on Twitter and say I've got this guy joining, this guy joining, and then the, the stream starts and someone will say, oh, "Where's um this person?" They go, <laughs> he can't connect. <laughs> He's trying, but he can't connect. So it's kind of like it's nice to make it more professional, but I think it's just you just got to accept it's real life. That yeah, and I think that makes it. Hopefully, it makes it fun for people. I'm not trying to. Um, well, it's I'm not more about to, the content, isn't it, Rick? Yeah, it's about, um, I think for me, it's about not, I don't want to push any sort of agenda either. I want to just generally get someone's opinion. Yeah. That there's definitely a few people that, I would say Twitter for me isn't, isn't really football fans. It's kind of like, here's my statement, please click like and retweet because it's controversial or it's something that people will think is like nonsense or, yeah. I said the only thing I get involved in with Twitter and I think Ben was kind of on the same page for me was like the skulls. And when people pick a player that's had a few good games and say they're better than Skulls, I just go, hang on a minute. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's the only time I get involved and just go to that. Come on, guys, just check out this video if you don't, if you haven't seen him play. <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess uh, that sort of, you're talking about um, tweaking things and um, like improving your setup is sort of, I guess, is that would that be your future goal for your channel? I think future-wise, it's kind of like... Um, the idea is like that the more in terms of like growing it is to make it like um when you get, you get more people watching it becomes more fun more enjoyable you get more views and particularly if you can get fans from different teams watching and that makes it really good as well because sometimes i was saying before sometimes there's a bit of banter going on in the chat between different teams and i'm like trying to focus on talking to guests and i just see something that's just really funny and i just like can't help but laugh at it and just think okay <laughs> then think what was i talking about but I think it's like that idea that isn't it that I think like you were saying that you opened up to like say F1 fans different teams I, I did actually see some of your comic book podcasts although I wouldn't say I know a lot about comic books I was just interested to see that um what it was about but it's that sort of thing isn't it I think it just evolves over time that you don't really have a I didn't have a set plan I didn't say oh, I want to do this 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 and this it kind of like I did a few things. I thought, okay, that's quite fun. Maybe I'll do that, <clears throat> that a bit more. I think, okay, this is less fun because it's just like three hours of editing to try and do like a five-minute video. It feels like a bit of waste where I could you know, maybe spend half an hour talking to somebody for half an hour. And um, for me, it's also <clears throat> because I like basketball. It's enabled me to talk to a lot of people about basketball, maybe in this country or maybe in the US that basketball fans aren't quite as easy to find as football fans <laughs> so it's, it's kind of been like quite a social thing as well hmm. i would That's say um, a, did you have a, a plan when you started 
your channel was there any like aim or was it kind of like evolved over time i don't think we really, uh, really did ever plan did we well it was it was it was your your uh brainchild wasn't it so yeah, it, it was my brainchild but I, I think it was more just i wanted to do a podcast for a long time kind of i'd say since i went to uni three well three septembers ago now uh i've always wanted to do a podcast and it was more just trying to find the right person i didn't i never want i, ne- I don't like I've never liked really doing YouTube videos alone. I often like having a, if I was doing it with me in front of the camera, I'd often have someone behind the camera, um, stuff like that. So yeah, it's, it's weird, isn't it? To start with. It's, fi- it's finding the right person, I think. And I just got lucky with Ben, I guess. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good though, isn't it? it? And it's quite nice that you support different teams. You have that different angle. There's yeah. Many, I suppose there's probably like three or four people that I have as regular guests that, I really like having them because it's kind of um it's like a good personality mix in terms of you you want to do the same sort of things talk about similar things mm. not like not extreme views no clickbait that sort of thing wasn't interesting yeah. but i was thinking that when i was a lot younger doing say things with um like having like a radio show seemed like a cool idea but obviously this is kind of a modern version of that where you can stream live but just being able to have um put out some interactive content that's quite fun and obviously about sport is something that I'm interested in. Um, yeah, I can see, um, like I said, if you think about other things as well that you add to your sport channel, like you talk about comics, you talk about yeah. other different sports as well. Well, it's just because yeah. we've, we, it's just something so like, for example, with the F1, it's something that Ben is interested in. So Ben's, that's kind of like Ben's thing so far. And then I'm kind of, a, I played rugby my entire life till like, till 18. So that's my thing. And then also comics are a bit of a nerd sometimes. So like we, we tried to kind of incorporate some of our personality interests into it to kind of like, just, I guess, make, make the, make the channel. Yeah. It, it was never our intention. Like, as we said, we didn't yeah. really have a plan. It was definitely, uh, um, right at the start, you definitely pushed it. Um, yeah. well, like you say, um, it kind of just, uh, developed from there really there was no no so this is why i called my channel rich sports was because i was like i don't want to just become a manchester united channel because it's not what i just want to talk about because i i'm a massive fan of basketball and have been for ages and i see so many parallels in sport in terms of how how um so tactically or how players perform or just the there's a lot of like you talk about rugby, and I'm t- trying to think. Um, who was your manager when you won the World Cup? Was that Ed Woodward? Hey, you're really throwing me back there. I was three years old. Um... Okay, I, I was saying I think it was Woodward, <laughs> and I think um, Martin Johnson to to throw a name you probably know more recently. Yeah. And Martin Johnson is a massive fan of American football, and I know that when I've watched Super Bowls and games, that he's been there. And there's been player, there's been representatives of the coaching staff of England rugby and other mm. sports as well. And Gareth Southgate, England manager, yeah. they've all been there talking to head coaches because American football is basically a game of set pieces. Mm. And you're talking about things you can plan beforehand. The game, obviously, in football, you can also do that as well. But there's there's so much stuff that they they take from different sports, and the elite managers are looking at American sports. So for me, that's interesting because that's something I see. And when I watch to see a basketball game. 
and when they had one in Paris last year, you see so many football players that are in that are there watching. Yeah. We, we, they do say that the, the the reason that English football is so sort of um, full on and fast is because the second sport in England is rugby, and the reason that uh, Spanish football is so technical is because the second sport in Spain is basketball, which is okay. more technical. So they, they have influences on football with them being second sports. The basketball is so popular in Europe that I've, yeah. I've worked with people from, say, France, Italy, that certainly in Italy, it's massive. And I think Spain as well, it's quite big. You just don't really think of these. You kind of think that most American sports, but I've definitely had colleagues from... Japan as well, and their second sport is pretty much baseball. They absolutely love baseball, which I was like, okay, I'm not. You kind of don't really think that the no, yeah, baseball's big in Japan. I've seen, yeah, it's like enormous, and like obviously footballs for them, you know, they absolutely love football. But yeah, so for me, that's why I wanted to call my channel um, Rich Sports because I, I didn't know 100 what I wanted to talk about. I knew it was mm. sport, and it was going to involve football. But yeah. it's kind of like nice to. Three different things. Yeah, I think I think with the with our name, the Blue Podcast, it was kind of it doesn't really kind of categorize us into to one topic. Like it doesn't limit you, does it? Yeah. So like obviously it is because <clears throat> I support Chelsea, Ben Sports City. That's just kind of how we got the name, but never really categorized us and obviously hasn't done considering we've now done four F1 podcasts, two comic book and one rugby one. So yeah, it's good, but um, it's just like this. So this is uh, we've been doing this eight months in four days, and it's actually is going to be wait Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Oh, man, it'll be actually be our eighth <coughs> eight month anniversary of videos when we upload our new show with oh, cool. two more people. Cool. Um, so yeah, we, we are. It's kind of nice to, like you say it's nice to have regular people we're now expanding to make so it'll still be me and ben probably just just us two on thursdays uh so anyone who's watching don't, don't be worried about that um but it's just going to be kind of uh, an extra thing to to kind of have more views to talk about football yeah it's, it's, it's two they sport two more clubs liverpool and arsenal yeah which is, i guess gives it away <laughs> if anyone watches yeah, uh, it's going to be the well. Uh, I don't want to spoil the name yet. Okay. Oh, I mean, I mean, I don't think it's people aren't going to be here like. Oh, oh. No, it's, 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 so yeah, the purple, the purple show will, will air first time. A mix of a mix of blue and red is the idea. Yes. Yeah. So, do you uh, plan to do different things in the future? Like you talk about comic books a bit, or do you think you'll? Uh, no, we're, we're, so we're thinking of sticking to football guests. On Thursdays, um, like you are, our guest this week. And then we're going to have the Purple Show on Sundays. And then I guess we're kind of, we're going to have the odd. We're going to, so the Purple Show will be on Sundays if we don't have a, a, a guest for That's like. Comic uh, books, F1, books. just F1 any F1 other thing, be. basically. Yeah. But we probably also won't have those, like we never really have had those that regularly. Mm. So they will just be kind of sprinkled in between the purple show podcast, basically. Yeah. yeah. So you guys have that, got, got that to look forward to. Um, before we start running things, I'll go. I was trying to do more basketball content, I think. It's, but it's, it's tough because 
um, it's harder to get. Basically, a lot of people. I did um, a series of them last year because it was a bit easier. Because I think basketball started at a different time, or it was on a different time from football, because the football season finished and there's like some basketball. But it also was the playoffs, so it's a bit more exciting. But I ended up it was difficult reaching out to Americans because you say, okay, what time is it where you are? Or what time is it here? And then, but I think it's like good to do different things. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Is there uh, anything else you want to mention, Ben, before we start wrapping this up? Uh, uh, just want to say, uh, rest in peace, Colin Bell. Oh yeah. Um, uh, my dad, my dad's favorite player, uh, actually. Um, or one of my dad's favorite players. Uh, I think he mentioned them in the podcast, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, mentioned Colin Bell and uh, along alongside sort of David Silva, he, he likes the midfield uh, Maestros. Maestros. So yeah, it's uh, yeah. So only send uh, our respects and our rest in peace. Uh, probably should have mentioned that in the podcast. I, feel yeah, bad. I, um, I think it's just my dad's favorite player of all time. So, <laughs> well, uh, football has lost another another great recently. Yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Rick, for coming on. I guess it's kind of a sad sad point to be <laughs> yeah, on, unfortunately. It's good to come on to different channels and talk. And yeah, thanks for having me on. And I hope you enjoyed it. I guess uh, I'll see you shortly, Ben, for the, the first purple show, which we have teased. And uh, yeah, uh, if you enjoyed the video, uh, please do give it a like. If you're new around here, do subscribe. We've actually kind of been losing subscribers lately, but sh- that doesn't matter. Um, don't know why that is. I do actually. But anyway, uh, thank you guys for watching. And uh, we'll see you guys on Sunday for the first purple show. Goodbye.